Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas yesterday, and I want to give a special Christmas shout-out to one of our subscribers, Connor, who got a For the Culture hoodie for Christmas. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you buying the For the Culture merchandise, the swag, and getting that yesterday on Christmas morning. His brother posted the video, and it was awesome. I saw it yesterday on Twitter, and I just wanted to give Connor a special shout-out because after that, it was pretty much all downhill for our Colt Christmas presents. Finding out last night in a lump of coal that Braden Smith would not be playing on Sunday against the Steelers. And then waking up today on the 26th, finding out that Anthony Costanzo has also been downgraded to out for this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're the best front seven in the league. They put more pressure on the quarterback than any defense in the National Football League. First in hurries, first in knockdowns, first in pressures, first in sacks. We're going to go through all the numbers and changing our keys to the game now that you have to adjust to losing not one, but two, both of your starting tackles for this Week 16 matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a huge game for the Colts. If you drop this and the Dolphins and Ravens win out, and then even if you win next week against the Jags at 11-5, and we will be on the outside looking in. So this is a huge game for the Colts. And now we lose two of our best pieces, two pieces where we have the worst depth behind them going up against the best pass rush in the National Football League. So this is going to be a tough task for Phillip Rivers and this Colts offense. It's going to be a tough task for Frank Reich to try to adjust and help out and chip now on not on one side, but on two sides, losing Braden Smith and Anthony Costanzo for this matchup. It's not impossible, but a tough task just got a hell of a lot harder for Week 16 in Pittsburgh. Yep, and Luke, I hate to bring it up, but you remember when we did our pre, you know, our season preview, what was the only thing that concerned me? Yep. Offensive tackle depth, man, and we have none. We are looking at the, our options at tackle, okay? Will Holden, who we signed two weeks ago off the Ravens practice squad. Chaz Green, who is legitimately one of the worst tackles I've seen play. And Jamarcus Webb, who we, who we cut last year because he was so bad. Those are our three tackles. So we're in deep trouble in this game. I, I, like, I've seen other Colt people, other Colt podcasts saying, oh, you still got to play the game and blah, 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 next man up. No, no, no. If there is no it's next man up, but – there, it's not the same. Yeah, like every well, player is not exactly. created. Let me let me stop you, Jason. It's not that we're giving up on the game. We're just giving facts, and we are looking at two injuries that expose the Colts' biggest weakness. As we play a team whose biggest strength happens to directly impact that weakness. And it'll be our weakness against their strength. So when you look at the facts, when you look at who's missing, and when you look at who we're playing, it's a recipe for disaster. And that's all we're saying. Could the Colts go out and win and beat the Steelers this week without Smith and without Costanzo? Definitely. We're going to get into our new keys that we're going to have to accomplish. We're going to have to hit to win this game. Anything could happen in the National Football League. The Jets just beat the Rams. The Rams are fighting for a playoff spot. The Jets are trying to lose. At least the fans want them to lose to get the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence. They botched it last week. Anything could happen in the National Football League. We are better than the Pittsburgh Steelers in a number of areas on the field. Our depth chart, our roster is better than the Steelers in many spots. 
but their biggest strength is their front seven. They have the best front seven in the National Football League, and we've struggled this year in games where Costanzo and or Smith hasn't played. Now we're going to be without both of them at the same time. And Colt fans on Twitter today, I had one person at me and say, we're a playoff team, and a playoff team, a true playoff team, would find a way to win this game. And my counter to that would be, you are correct. Good teams find ways to win. Good teams have that next man up, and we will have a next man up. We're going to play this game. We're going to play to win this game, and we're going to play with whatever backup tackle we run out there. We're going to move guys around. We're going to do whatever it takes to win this game. 100%. Next man up, 100%. After the game, no excuses. But sometimes facts sound like excuses. And in this game, there are a couple of facts that we're talking about, but the guy said playoff teams find ways. And I totally agree with that. But my counter would be, is this a playoff team without Anthony Costanzo and Braden Smith? If you were to replay the entire season, because we saw how we looked against Green Bay. Yeah, we won the game, but we almost blew that game. And if we did blow it, the sole reason why, the number one reason would have been pressure coming from the right side. Braden Smith missed that start. You look at the Titans game, the final three quarters in the second matchup, Anthony Costanzo goes down, and they had constant pressure on us. And they're not even a good pass rush. They're not even a defense that gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They were in the backfield the rest of the game, the second Anthony Costanzo left. And then you can look at that first Cleveland game. No Costanzo. They're in the backfield all day. Miles Garrett wrecked that game. So we're a different team when we're missing one of them. In this game, we're going to be missing both of them. And the one area Ballard's really failed to address in terms of depth has been the backup tackle spots. And you could say playoff teams figure it out, but... Every team has a weakness. This is our weakness. And if you played the entire season without Anthony Costanzo and Braden Smith, we wouldn't be a playoff team. So you could say playoff teams figure it out, but playoff teams are playoff teams because they have more talent, because they have better coaching, because they're able to put it all together. And if you took away two of our top players who have the worst backups on this roster then that's not the same playoff roster. I believe we will find a way to make the playoffs, and I believe this is 100% a playoff caliber roster. I think this is the best Colts roster I've seen since probably 2008-2009. So I think we have a chance to go in there. It's definitely next man up. You're definitely playing to win this game. But to say playoff teams figure it out as if we're at full strength, and I know the Steelers have injuries, everybody has injuries, but these are just the two worst injuries for this roster and the two worst injuries for this matchup. And the playoff thing doesn't really make any sense because if you don't have Braden Smith and you don't have Anthony Costanzo for the whole season, you're not a playoff team. There's no question this is not a playoff team without our stu- or with those two guys off this team. There is no doubt. That this, I mean, because it's a combination. It's not only the fact that we don't have our two – this is the thing that no one's talking about. Everybody's saying, well, the Bengals beat him. Well, Ryan Finley can run. He can move around. He, he can move. We, we can't, like, it's the combination of not having our two tackles and a quarterback that can't move. That's the combination. Like, that, that is a killer combination because he's going to get pressure from both the backside and the front side. Now, you, you can see the front side, and he can get rid of the ball, but the backside scares the crap out of him because yep. he, you can't see it. And he can't move. He can't, like, both. That's the difference. Like, the crazy thing is it's both. Because last night we found out about Braden Smith. And we were already, you know, uneasy about this matchup because of the history, blah, blah, blah. We went over it a million times. But without Braden Smith, 
you take a confidence hit going into this game. It's going to be tougher, but we were talking on the phone last night, and what was the first thing I said? Well, last week, J.J. Watt came screaming off the end, unblocked against Rivers, and of course you can't go through that all game because they're going to get home too many times, but he was able to see it, he was able to feel it, he was able to get the ball off, and we actually picked up a first down on that play. He completed the pass. If that happens 10 times, you're probably going to get sacked four times, and you'll probably throw five incompletions and then the one completion that he threw. But the point is, you could see it, you could feel it. Now, if you had Braden Smith playing and then you were missing Costanzo, it would be a bigger issue because you would have it coming from the backside. It's going to be both in this game. And that's why anybody looking at this like, oh, it's not a big deal, you're nuts. And I hope we're able to overcome it. It will be an issue. There's no way we do a post game tomorrow night where it wasn't an issue in the game. Can we overcome the issue and win the game despite Rivers being under pressure all day? Yes. But are we going to go out there with two backup tackles and miraculously shut down the Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush? No shot. And that's not being negative. That's not being, that's just being realistic and honest. The Pittsburgh Steelers, let's go through the numbers, Jason. The Pittsburgh Steelers are first in hurries with 72. They're first in knockdowns with 58. They're first in pressures with 177. They're first in sacks with 47. They lead the league. They lead the entire league in all four main pass rushing, statistical, advanced, defensive categories. Hurries, knockdowns, pressures, and sacks. They get into the backfield all day long. They have three players with 20-plus quarterback hits. This is a legit defense. This is a legit front seven. Yes, they have their injuries too, but when you look at the Colts versus the Titans in our second matchup, the Titans are 32nd in sacks. They only have 14 sacks on the year. They had two in that game in the final three quarters after Costanzo left. They're 28 in hurries. They're 28 in pressures. Think back to that game. And we had Costanzo for the first quarter, and we had Braden Smith for the entire game. Think back to that game, and think back to how much pressure they put on Phillip Rivers in the second, third, and fourth quarters of that game. Yeah, I'm going to keep it 100. I, I don't see any way we win this game. The only chance we have is establishing the run and the defense playing their best game of the year and probably Hines having to break something on special teams. I, I just don't see – we don't win there. We're playing without our two tackles against the, – they're the best front seven we played. And well, you they move, you, best, and, and the if, best front seven, period. There's nobody better. Well, no, and, and, what I'm, and what kills us here is AC not playing because if he does – if he does play, then you can move. You can move maybe Q outside, or you put a or you put a tight end. That's all. I mean, that's a whole another topic about Reich not helping, which is a whole another issue. But in this game, if you move Quentin to right tackle to take care of Watt, then you've got Danny Penner going against Cam Hayward. So I mean, you're you're in trouble any way, any shape, form that you that you try to manipulate our offensive line. We are in deep, deep trouble. I, I don't think this game's close. I think we get blown out. I think we're going to turn the ball over. I think he's, we're going to try to throw. I just, listen, and people can call me negative and say all the, that kind of stuff that they want. I'm looking at the history of the, of the rivalry or whatever, the history of the matchup, and I'm looking at we, usually the, the crazy shit happens in the game. We're not even to the game and the crazy shit's already happening. So like the Colts are still I mean, favored listen, right now. I think that's crazy. The Colts are laying one and a half in Pittsburgh. Of course, they haven't won since two thousand eight, and without their tackles. Both starting tackles. I don't care the how bad Pittsburgh way. looked the last three weeks. It really yeah, doesn't. It it's doesn't a new matter. week. It's a new game. Um, we're lucky we're catching them in this funk 
because if we caught them when they were playing their best football and Bud Dupree's out, so they're missing guys too. And I don't want to make it like the Colts are the only team with injuries or the only team with COVID. They're only, yeah. like every team has injuries. It's just yeah, they don't that have we happen to have injuries at the two spots where we have the worst depth going up against the best pass rush in the National Football League. That's the concern. That's the problem. If we were going, but then, I mean, you could say if we were going up against the Titans or a team that doesn't have a pass rush, things would be different. But we have a sample size of that of three quarters, and we got crushed by the Titans. They were in the backfield all day long, and it's the only game all year they've been in the backfield. They only have 14 sacks on the season. They had two in three quarters when Costanza went down, and we had Smith in that game. And Braden Smith is one of the most underrated players on this team. He's given up. Zero sacks this year. And then you dig back to the Packers game, the game he missed, in the backfield all day long. Rashawn Gary, all the guys that were lining up on the right side. And now you look at this game, and you have T.J. Watt lining up, who has, what, 40 quarterback hits. He has 13 sacks. He has 22 tackles for loss. Doesn't matter. I mean, Braden Smith would have probably struggled in this game, only because you're going up against such an elite player. Now you're going to throw Webb out there, or you're going to throw... Holding out there, you're I mean, going to throw Green. Green was probably going to play left tackle. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. Well, I mean, and, Jason, want- on top of that, I'm sorry to cut you off, on top of that, we don't have Hunt in this game. So, no. anybody thinking, okay, let's just bounce Nelson out to left tackle again and plug in Hunt at the left guard spot because Hunt did a good job yeah. when we plugged him in the last time for that one series, and then Nelson did a good job at left tackle – and Hunt is a seasoned vet, but Hunt's out this game too with COVID. So him and Smith both have COVID, which and you're going up against Hayward up the middle. So they have an all pro there. They have an all pro coming off the edge. Like there's just so much talent in this front seven. It's a it's the worst week we could have possibly lost these two guys. The worst week. It, it, and it's par for the course when it comes to Pittsburgh. And the thing I would tell you is, Braden Smith is probably. The best, one of the best right tackles in the game. He's 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 a very good. He's a Pro Bowl caliber player. He gave up one and a half sacks to T.J. Watt last year. He struggled against them. T.J. Watt just had his way with him. Okay, this is Braden Smith. He's one of our best players, and he he dominated last year. You look at Quentin Nelson, who's to me the top. People would argue maybe two top two guard. I think he's the top guard in the NFL. He had probably his worst game as a professional get last year against Cam Hayward, who's. I'm not, not, I'm not saying, you know, Quentin Nelson's not good or anything like that. What I'm saying is that's how good Cam Hayward is. So he's got to be blocked, too. We're not just talking about – talk, you're talking about Stephon Tewitt, who has, I think, 20 quarterback hits. And you're talking about Cam Hayward, who's a pro bowler. You're talking about T.J. Watt, who, to me, is the AFC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, they're so and – and, and they get their inside linebacker, McDonald, back this week. So, like – there's so they have good players. They have and actually they have great players. They have four really three really good players and a great player going against some really not good players. This is just not a recipe for winning. My only like the only way that I see the Colts being able to stay in this game, be competitive and have a chance to win, three things. One, we can't turn the ball over and we have to run it. We have to run it and we have to play conservative. You cannot we cannot throw the ball a lot. We definitely have to be more run heavy in this game than pass heavy because the more you drop back, the more chances there are for guys to get beat, holding calls, all that crap that get, that leads to turnovers. So we have to run the ball. The second thing is 
our special teams are going to have to step up in this game. Hines is going to have to make some – Hines or Rodgers, one of those two guys is going to have to make a special play in this game. And then the third thing is our defense is going to have to play their best game of the year. They're going to have to force turnovers, maybe get a pick six. That is the recipe to winning this game. That's a lot to ask, but that, that is legitimately the only way I see us being in this game. If we have to throw the ball more than 25 times, I don't think we're in this game. Yeah, and when we do have to throw the ball, because at times we will have to throw it, Reich has to adjust. And we were afraid, even yesterday, when Costanza was still active or questionable and had a chance to play, and we found out Braden Smith wasn't playing, we were like, all right, it's okay, Costanza's playing, we could scheme a tight end over there and chip with a running back and chip with a tight end, and we could scheme tj watt out of the game we could scheme to help out the right side of the offensive line but now with both of them it makes reich's job harder and reich all year long has treated backups like starters and you just can't do that if you lose god forbid let's say you have a game where you don't have rivers well you have to coach it differently with jacoby you have to coach it differently when you don't have a certain guy in there if if Xavier Rhodes goes down and you have Rock and Carry in the game, you're going to have to coach it differently. Eberflus is going to have to help out one side. Like, that's just the way it is. And good teams and great teams are able to adjust. And as great as this roster is, and Ballard has built in a very short period of time, inheriting a roster with not a lot of talent on it, an incredible roster. This is one of the top rosters in the National Football League. Just the one area, the one area where he came up short was the backup tackle spots. We said it in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, all the way now until the day after Christmas. We've said it time and time again. And unfortunately, in the biggest game of the year against the best front seven, both guys go down. And I know we've beaten that to death, but that's the reality of the situation. And Reich is going to have to adjust. And his job is going to be a thousand times harder, or at least twice as hard, because instead of doing it on one side, you're going to have to do it on both sides. And that is scary. Every time Rivers drops back, and he's not a spring chicken, you're talking about a 39-year-old man, we're going to be holding our breath. And we're going to be holding our breath for 60 minutes. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying that the Colts have no shot in this game. Everything Jason said, all three of those keys, and then to tack on to special teams, you can't miss a field goal. You go back to last year, and the Steelers were a much different team. We were a much different team. Venetary was awful, and of course he was awful for a majority of the season. We have Blankenship playing very well right now, kicking very well. His rookie season, I don't think he's missed since week 11. And he can't miss anything in this game. If you're setting up for a 50, if you're setting up for a 40, 30, whatever it is, you cannot miss a field goal in this game. You have to cross your T's and dot your I's everywhere on the field because I don't care how well Green or Holden or any of those guys that plug in at the tackle spots play, they're going to get beat. And that's okay. That's not their fault. They're going to get beat. And you can't allow to have mistakes. You can't give up big plays defensively. You can't do any of that. The margin for error for the kicker on special teams, on Sanchez, on the defense is minimal. You have to punt well. You have to kick well. You have to, the coverage has to be good. Naheem Hines might have to give you a spark or two on special teams. And then defensively, you're going to have to cause turnovers. You're going to have to hold Pittsburgh out of the end zone. You have to do all that stuff. And then hopefully, uh, you know, maybe the defense could score. Maybe the defense could get a pick six or a scoop and score or something like that to keep us in the game or put us up or give us a chance to win.
because every time you take the field, you have a chance. And we still have a ton of talent. We're still better than the Pittsburgh Steelers in a number of areas on the field. This is just going to be the key matchup, the key thing to watch this week. And Reich is going to have to adjust. And I'm going to cut him a lot of slack because it's going to be difficult. I think this is more on Ballard than on Reich, even though throughout the course of the year, obviously I'm more critical of Reich than Ballard. This is a week where Reich's going to have to do a stellar job and he's going to have to be on his A game because this is a daunting task. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. This is a hundred percent on Ballard. And I like, like we've said repeatedly, I, I think Ballard's the best talent evaluator in the league. I wouldn't take anyone over him, but he has completely just failed at this. He just failed. And this is on him. No one else doesn't mean I still don't love the guy. I mean, look at all the talent all over the field. He, he built that but he failed in this one area. What I would say about this game, and it generally this just generally goes against my philosophy of being uber-aggressive offensively and, and really just aggressive in general, this is a game where I think the Colts have to play conservative. And what I mean by that is they've got to run the ball, be patient, because the Steelers, you're not going to run for a lot of yards against them, but you've still got to do it. And the only way to have any chance in this game is is to be able to just keep running the ball, keep plugging at it. And also, the other part of being conservative is dump-offs, check-downs, slants, drag routes, screens, quick throws, quick rhythm throws. The entire game, that's what we have to do. There's not going to be enough time for Phil to throw deep outs or nine routes or you know deep crossing routes. He's just not going to have that much time. So Reich is going to have to adjust and, and really play the game within, uh, you know, in a 20-yard area. I know that puts us behind the eight ball because Pittsburgh's going to prepare for that, but that's the best chance that we have is you know, playing very conservative and allowing our defense to play. Don't turn the ball over, and you know, hopefully our special teams can outplay their special teams and our defense can come up with some big plays. If that stuff happens, we have a fighting chance. But I just don't see it happening. There's too many things that have to go right for us to win this game. I Again, I don't think it's going to be close. I hope I'm wrong. But at the end of the day, man, you take away anybody's starting two tackles against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to have a very difficult time beating them. And then when you have the crappy depth that we have, it's a recipe for the disaster. And then you throw in the fact that our quarterback can't move. It's just, it's like Luke said at the beginning, it's just the worst week for this to happen, but it's Pittsburgh. And I tried to tell you guys, this type of shit is what happens Pittsburgh week. And again, and we didn't even get to the game. We haven't even seen what's going to happen in the game. So um, it just is what it is. You go out there, you play your best game and you hope you can find a way to win. I hope everyone knows you got to root tonight. For the, for the Las Vegas Raiders, put on those Raider hats, root for those Raiders, root for those uh, Giants tomorrow in Baltimore because we're going to need help. We're, we're going to need help to get into the playoffs. If those, one of those teams can somehow win, all we have to do is beat a team in the Jacksonville Jaguars who now just benched Gardner Minshew for no apparent reason other than the tank. So that we're going to be seeing like their third-string their third quarterback in the last week of the season with them trying to lose. So if one of those teams can lose, Luke. Yeah, I'm going to try to get this up as soon as possible. That game tonight is 8-15.
the Raiders-Dolphins game. Go Raiders, man. I am the biggest Raider fan. We should all be the biggest Raider fans on the face of the planet. Honestly, we should be bigger Raider fans than Raider fans because the Raider fans honestly don't have as much on the line as we do in this game. And, of course, we haven't played our game yet. Could we go out and beat Pittsburgh? Yes. But just to hedge that bet, you really, really, really want the Raiders to win tonight. If they can't, you really, really want the Giants to win tomorrow, and that's another tough task. I don't expect the Giants to win that game, and the Raiders are playing really bad football down the stretch, but hopefully the Raiders are due. They get Carr back, and hopefully they're able to pull it out tonight. If they're able to pull it out tonight, then I don't want to say it but because you want to always play to win, but I think I would go conservative tomorrow just because you don't want Rivers to get killed knowing that Week 17 you have what should be a cakewalk against the Jacksonville Jaguars with a ticket to punch your way into the postseason. So that's my train of thought right now. Maybe you run it 40 times tomorrow if you could get a win tonight from the Raiders. So let's hope, let's pray that the Las Vegas Raiders hit the jackpot tonight and beat the Miami Dolphins. We'll all be rooting for that as Colt fans. And I know this has been a negative podcast, but... It means that win, lose, or draw tomorrow, the podcast will be more upbeat. Because if the Colts lose, it seems, it sounds like we'll kind of expect it due to these injuries. If the Dolphins lose tonight, it'll be a super upbeat pod. It'll almost be like we win. We'll actually have like an upbeat podcast tomorrow. And then if they win, it's going to be balls to the walls. We're going to be popping champagne. It's going to be like... The Colts just won the Super Bowl because this is going to be an uphill battle. But with all that being said, enjoy the game tomorrow, guys. I know we're not going in the way we want to be going in to this game. But at the same time, Pittsburgh's still not playing their best football. They're on a three-game skid. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. It's not out of the realm of possibility for the Colts to go in there tomorrow and get a dub. So that's what we'll be rooting for. But it starts tonight with the Las Vegas Raiders. Go Raiders! We're all Raider fans tonight as they take on the Miami Dolphins. A Dolphin loss, no matter what happens tomorrow, we just need one out of two. If the Dolphins lose tonight, that could be a Week 17 win at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars game. I don't think it's possible to lose because you're going to have two teams playing for the Colts to win in that game. The Jaguars are going to be playing to lose, and the Colts will be playing to win. So, guys, enjoy the game. Enjoy all the games this weekend, especially Dolphins, Colts, and Ravens, and we'll be back tomorrow night to wrap up Colt Steelers right here on the Fourth Culture Podcast.